Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time again. Now, this week, we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So, as promised last week, I want to talk about Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Um, and I have some questions about it, and uh, maybe we should just read the scripture first. Proverbs 24 and 16 reads, For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Okay, so the, I, I'm going from this article, and the translation is different. And it says that for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. So, um, calamity, mischief, I don't know. To me, I don't know. Are they the same thing or different? Well, it seems like it reads that, but the wicked fall into mischief, meaning that whatever it is, it overtakes them. You know, it's like they, they fall or whatever they fall into has overtaken them. So they into fall it. into it right. with their eyes wide open? Um, yeah, or they could deceive themselves. I mean, when that man of sin comes, people actually believe that they're right. That's why the Lord says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the path of the end thereof is death. Because a lot of times, they actually feel that they're right. But the, the, the fault comes in when you try to tell them the truth, they reject it. And so they hold on to what they think, and because of that, they lose out. So the wicked falls into mischief. Well, I want to go. I want to back up a little bit, and um, so I, I have a couple of articles here talking about a righteous man falling seven times. And one article talks about, you know, there's that old saying that says you can't keep a good man down. Mm -hmm. And there's in this article is essentially is saying that's the meaning of Proverbs twenty four sixteen. Um, a person who trusts in the Lord and depends on God throughout his entire life may trip and fall over and over again, but he won't stay down. He will overcome obstacles and challenges by God's grace and strength, dusting himself off and rising again. On the other hand, one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. The ungodly have no power to rise above adversity. Once they are down, they cannot pick themselves back up. So, what I'm trying, the first thing that comes to my mind is the meaning of a righteous falling seven times. So, 
Falling, does that mean falling into sin? Or things that, doing things that maybe could lead to sin? Or, I don't know, I'd like a definition of of fall. Right, and and I look at the number seven because it has to do with uh, perfection. I'm thinking that the Lord is saying if a person really, he doesn't have to fall. The righteous, like a lot of people, when Kirk, it wasn't Donnie McClurkin. Donnie McClurkin, when he said, you know, about falling, they make it seem as if uh, it's inevitable that every saint falls. That's not true. Okay, so when we talk about falling, we're talking about you're saved and you backslide? Uh, it, it could be. There are some people who could backslide. I mean, so There's when Donnie McClurkin said I, that... I, I, I don't know where his mind was, but I'm thinking, he was thinking you fall out of grace, but you don't have to fall out of grace. Now, there are saints who do, and they become uh, repentant, and they receive the Lord all over again. But you don't have to fall. But if you do fall, then, and you recognize that you have fallen, the Lord will receive you back. Saying if a person truly uh, seeks after the truth, once they fall, and then they come back and they return to the Lord. But you don't have to fall. So it, it, when, when you're talking, you're saying you fall, you commit sin, and you repent, and the Lord takes you back. Right. You're quick to repent. Yeah, that's the most extreme example, yes, where you actually fall from grace, and then you repent, and the Lord receives you back because within your heart, you like David, because at the time, usually when we do things, it's done. I, I can't say it at all times, but it seems like from the scriptures and from people that, you know, you become familiar with, you get to know the saints, when they do something, it's like, it, it, it's not as if a person just says, I'm just going to sin, though there are some people who do that, who say, forget it. But for the most part, I think that they use a judgment call and their judgment is off because they're not looking at the Lord's direction. They're going in their own way, going into their own understanding and actually feeling within themselves that they're right. But when they So that doesn't necessarily mean that you fall into sin. You might not, no. You don't necessarily have to fall into sin. To fall into sin to me is the most extreme. But you can do something whereby the Lord... It's not wisdom? It's not, or, it's not wisdom to the point where if the Lord doesn't step in, you will fall into sin. Because so you could stumble. See, this is what a lot of people, when they're talking about, you know, you stumble but you don't fall. Or, or you can do something to to actually put yourself in a predicament where it says when you fall against the the rock, against the stone, you get broken. You can do something like that. You can find yourself kicking against the prick. You can do something to that effect, and then the Lord allows it to come to your attention that you're in error, and because you want to please the Lord, you find yourself repenting. So he's saying that could happen to a righteous person seven times, meaning perfection, meaning that it could be the ultimate, but a righteous person will come to themselves and come to the Lord and humble themselves and uh, regard the Lord. All right, so maybe we should just back up and define what is a righteous man. One that fears uh, a righteous man is someone that knows the way of God and, and follows him. 
right. and is obedient to him. So that's somebody who has and, and, received salvation. And you love him with your whole heart and your right. soul and your strength, your mind, your just like it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, you, and you seek to know him. You want to know him, just like it says, what is it, Matthew chapter 6, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Right. I mean, it's on your mind all the time. Because it's in your heart. It's a part of you. It's not something that you do on the side. If anybody would like to see the natural uh, shadow things to come, that foreshadows the spiritual. When the Lord gave the orders to the priest, he gave it to Moses to give to Aaron and his children for the priesthood, the things that they had to do consistently every single day it's like it's this is your life this isn't part of your life this is your life and so the lord lets us know salvation isn't a part of your life salvation is your life so when you read in um <clears throat> deuteronomy i don't think it's chapter six but it's i think maybe chapter 28 where it says that if and if you follow the lord if you do all these things and then it lists like a whole chapter of blessings. Right. <clears throat> You'll be blessed in your house, excuse me, <clears throat> in your cattle, in your everything that you do, you'll be blessed. Right. So if you're following after the Lord with your whole heart and soul and mind and, and body and spirit and every ounce of energy that you have. Because it's your life and because you love God with all that you have. And then if you, for whatever reason, if you if you stray in the sense that your understanding is off or your hearing is dull or you have a beam in your eye. So how do you do that? How do you, how, if you're following the Lord uh, totally, 100%, how is it that your understanding can get dull? Or Because, because you love the Lord 100%, but there are, but, and that, that's a big but. Somewhere along, the Lord says, when it comes to your reasoning and your understanding, you love the Lord, somewhere you have to crucify your flesh, but somewhere along the line, you have an understanding of something, and you're convinced of it. Your reasoning, you're convinced that this is how it goes, and you might not, you might not check with the Lord. You know, there were times when David would consult the Lord, and then there were times when the righteous kings would consult God, and then when they felt like they knew oh, what God's will. Oh, sometimes in the word it says that they didn't follow. Right. When they thought that they knew what God's will was, they just went ahead and decided this is what they were going to do, which is when David decided he was going to build God, uh, 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 the, the temple. He was going to build the synagogue, and the Lord said, no, your heart's in the right place, but you're not the right person for the job. But he actually felt like, that's what he's supposed to do. So much so that the prophet said, that's fine. Because he realized God was with David. He said, that's a good idea. So that's fine. Even the prophet thought, well, David wants to build the Lord a house. And that's a good idea. And the Lord had to tell the prophet. He had to go back and tell David, no, he can't do it. So, so it could be something very innocent. Something... Something that you actually desire, that you feel like you're, you're in God's will, you believe that the Lord has approved, but you, it just never occurs to you to, to ask because it seems so clear to you that this is definitely what the Lord would have you to do. And the Lord will let you know 
No, that's not what I would have wanted. Or it's a part of your personality because the Lord said he does chastise us. We love him with all our heart. And yet he still has to chastise us because there are ways and thoughts and habits that the Lord has to, basically he has to develop us to the point where is is actually chastised out of us because it's just something that is a part of us that we don't realize until the Lord lets us see it. When when I first got saved, I um I had a, a dream and in the dream it, it was like I was this this cat and had tufts at the tips of his ears. I never saw a cat like that before. And like the Lord was coming to to chastise me that it's something I was supposed to have done. And that dream followed me, and I was thinking, I didn't know exactly what it meant. And then one day I was watching this program about nature, and I saw the cat that I saw in my dream. And I said, oh, and it had tufts on his ears. And the person said, you see the tufts at the tip of the ear? It says so that they can hear better. So the Lord was telling me, you're not listening. <laughs> and so I had to learn to be still to listen. So those things that the Lord has to chastise us for, or to do that so that we won't go astray, like, he did with Paul. He had to chastise him so that he would not get lifted up. You know, so there are things, but not, not that you have to fall. You don't have to fall. But like Peter had to be rebuked because he was showing respect to person. And so in other words, falling could be the righteous falling seven times could be like a parent chastising their child. Mm -hmm. Not that they do something so terrible, but you don't want them to continue to get worse. Right, because they could actually fall <laughs> they, out of the they wheel. They could develop a bad habit and go in the wrong direction. Right, go to the point where you disown them as a child. You know, <laughs> you know, you can actually get to that point where you look at a person and disown them. So that's the that would probably be the least um, extreme. Right definition of falling right so you just sort of want to go in your own way or you don't listen right or you think you know right better yeah you actually think that you, I mean you really believe that you know better right and the Lord knows this that's why he chastises us because it's not something that we're doing willfully to be stubborn or to be contrary we actually feel as if we have interpreted the, the word. We know what the Lord will want, and the Lord has to remind us. Or you might get to the point where you sort of just, you know, take things for granted, lukewarm. You know, you basically, the Lord has to light a fire up underneath you because you're not, you're not on fire the way you once were. You know, and that that happens. Right. I mean, if you if that happens. Right. But so so people can't use the excuse and say that everybody sins. It's because a lot of people were taking that falling uh, seven times as everybody sins no matter what. And that's not what the Lord was saying because he lets us know that all his children, all saints are going to have to be chastised because God has to make us and mold us. But you do not have to sin. You do not have to fall from grace. You do not have to fall outside of God's will to the point where he disowns you as his child. No, you don't have to do that. But are you going to do those things that the Lord sees if he did not chastise you for? It would interfere with your salvation? Yes. So in that sense, that happens to all saints. All saints. So falling 
Fall, uh, de another definition of falling could be that, um, like you said, you're not listening completely to what the Lord has to say to you, and you kind of go in your own way, and then as a result, you end up in a test or a trial. Mm -hmm. And um, and as, because you're righteous, you don't resent the Lord for it. You recognize if I had gone to the Lord, I wouldn't be in this situation. So therefore, I'm looking to the Lord to lift me up, and Lord, I won't find myself in this situation again. So you encounter some kind of trouble or some kind of hardship. Um, and the Lord lifts you up out of it because you acknowledge him. So you acknowledge the fact. Look, like if anybody, Manasseh, King Manasseh, was one of the <laughs> most wicked kings in history that the Israelites had. He was, he was so wicked, he even sacrificed his children. He, had, he believed in human sacrifice. This man was terrible. You name it, he did it. I'm talking about practicing divination, witchcraft, dealing with familiar spirits. He even took the courts of the Lord and, and built altars unto false gods. He went into the sanctuary where God had sanctified it and put up altars for false gods. This man was terrible, and the Lord allowed him to go into captivity. And I believe they even, they might have put out his eyes. Anyway, while he was in captivity, he turned to the Lord. He, and the Lord heard him in captivity. The Lord heard him and lifted him up out of whatever situation he was in. When he got out, he tore down all the idols, all the altars he had built, everything that he had done. He told the people, you're gonna to have to serve the Lord. And when he came to himself, see, he said, when the righteous come to themselves, the Lord lifts them up. And his son, Ammon, you would think he would have learned? Nope. He, everything his father did to reverse his wickedness, Ammon put right back in place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, and then you fall into mischief, Ammon never came out of his. Never, because once he fell into it, he doubled down. Some people do that. Oh, so is that what that means? Um, so when people fall into mischief, people fall into calamity. Right, it is to their sins, and they don't come out of it. You know, they, they fall into whatever it is that has led them astray, and, they, and if they're not righteous, if they're, if they're not going to seek the truth, once it's revealed to them this is wrong, they don't come out of it. They, don't, they definitely can't come out of it on their own, but they don't come out of it to the point where they acknowledge that they're wrong so God can bring them out of it. They just don't do it. They double down. You know, you ever see somebody, they're wrong, and the Lord said, instead of the person getting better, they got worse. You, you, tell, you ever see where you send a prophet to tell them you're wrong, and so but instead of repenting, they kill the prophet. You know, and I know that you can say that, and people will listen to that, and they'll, it doesn't sink in. But the example that comes to my mind, uh, growing up, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I had two brothers and a sister. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and mom and dad worked, and, you know, they would put me in charge of the kids cooking and this and that while they were, whatever they were doing mm -hmm. and where they're going. And I was telling my one brother, my younger brother, 
<clears throat> to do something. And he just flat out refused. Mm-hmm. And he stood up to me, toe to toe, nose to nose. Mm-hmm. And he said, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? You know? And I remember <laughs> I wasn't right. You know, I wasn't right. I turned around and I slapped him in the face. And that didn't hurt. That didn't bother me in the bit. And I took him and I slapped him again. And he's just toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose, and he just was so obstinate, he wasn't going to do what I asked him to do. And no matter what I said, no matter what I did, it wasn't going to change him. Right. You know, so when you say a prophet comes to tell you that it's wrong, um, you know, that might go over somebody's head. Well, you know, not so much go over their head, they refuse But a real-life example is like, you know, you're in this real-life situation, and you tell somebody what, what to do that's right, and they just flat-out flat refuse. Right. right, and so and as long as they refuse, there's no way to bring them out of their predicament. I don't know how old I was at that time, but evidently old enough for my folks to have some confidence in me. Right. But that but so if you tell a person, you know, don't go there, I, I, I have recall you know, you might find people who say, uh, you shouldn't be looking at that or you shouldn't be watching those type of programs. You shouldn't be doing that because you you shouldn't be hanging around those particular people. They you shouldn't be keeping company. And you said and then they, said, they do it anyway. I've said and that and, and and they tell me why. Right. Why? That's because they don't want to hear even if even if they say why, you say because uh, a little level level of the whole uh, wicked influence. You just don't want to have that because it's weakness. You might find some people say, well, after they do it, maybe they don't listen and they find themselves in a situation they shouldn't be in. Then they come to themselves and they repent. You find other people who double down and say, oh well, you know I've gone this far. I might as well go all the way. See, so, and then that particular person, if they hold to that, there is no delivering them out of that situation because they have to admit that they're wrong. And that's a hard thing for some people to do. I know a lot of people that just won't do that. Right. You know, they're wrong and and they'll hold to it. Right. And that bothers me. I know one person in particular and boy, does that bother me because... what is it that I can say or do if that they, will ever change that person's Probably mind? nothing. And and they're going to go into go perdition. down to hell holding it, on to... Right, into perdition because they double down. And, and, this, and especially if you give them the word, if they won't hear God, they're not going to hear man. That's, that's just the way it is. But a person who truly is seeking after truth, who truly knows that they have made a mistake... And is able to admit, I, I was an error. God can deal with that type of a person. See, he can, he can bring that person not only up to where they once were, but they can go even beyond that. God can have the person prosper. But if a person just refuses to, and it's against the Lord, against God only do we sin. It's against the Lord. So, but if a person refuses to acknowledge that they have erred and that they have offended the Lord, there's no hope. Right. So when a righteous man falls seven times, that's more of a... It's saying like a, like a, a perfect... 
A failure, a shortcoming, a wrong decision. And at the uh, very extreme, where they, where they ask to fall away and the Lord has to bring them back. Commit sin. And, but the bottom line is that you acknowledge the Lord, you repent, you, you tell the Lord, I was wrong, right. no matter what it is, even if it's a, a failure right. or a shortcoming. And, and you can tell the Lord, please don't hold it to my charge. Oh my gosh. You I know? tell him that a lot. Right. Yeah, please don't hold it to my charge. Lord, you know, f- forgive me. As I forgive others, and don't hold it to my charge. He'll give you the strength to, to get up, right. brush yourself off. And keep going. Start over, try again, and, and succeed. Right, and even though the wicked, this is what gets me, the wicked might see that fall. The wicked see it, and I tell them all the time. I say, yes, but that person could have repented and be going on with the Lord and you're still looking at what they did back then. Right. My, a lot I remember, of people do that. I, I know a saint that had said uh, the, a person had, had committed a sin, and they were up preaching, and all she could see was think about was what the person had done, and the Lord said unto her, while you're there looking at him and judging him on what he did, he's gotten himself right with the Lord, and you are still holding something against him that God has forgiven him for. So that's another topic for another program, forgiveness. Yes. Forgiveness of another person. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Proverbs 28 and 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, who does the Lord take pleasure in? And the answer is, in them that fear him. And that answer can be found in Psalm 147, verse 11, which reads, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope, in his mercy. This week's food for thought is to whom does the earth belong to? Hint, the Bible, and that's food for thought.